Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, everybody. The show about the show. The show within the show. It's the Permission Granted Podcast, something that you can download and listen to on your favorite podcast platform. So whatever, whatever that is, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast, you can listen to this and the rest of the DA show. Every single day we post all four full hours, minus commercial interruption, limited commercial interruption, and then also the best of the show every day, and then every single week, the PGP, which has its own podcast feed, as well as being added to our normal podcast feed. So that's all the places you can find us, and we are back in studio this week. And so now I'm joined by Andrew Bogish, A.B., on side A. And, Bogues, I know the comfort of the home is great. And our home offices, home studios have become second nature for us. I mean, I'm so comfortable in that home studio. Worked so hard over the last year and a half to make it look professional, sound professional, connect well, all of that type of stuff. But I got to say, being back has been kind of fun. Is there any part of you that kind of is envious that I'm back and I'm joking around with all these dudes. Um, after a, a show on Wednesday morning of piled up garbage and other whispers I've heard, you're not getting in the building on Tuesday morning, uh, I'd have to say no, DA. Oh. It sounds like I'm safely avoiding all sorts of oh. drama and new bacteria in my house right now. Well, I guess that's kind of true. I mean, the situation is that after 16, 17 months away from the office, nothing quite worked right. Parking spots didn't work quite right in the parking garage. And then my key card to get to the building didn't work. They had either not renewed it, deactivated it. Maybe it just expired over more than a year of of unuse. When we got up here to the studios, the backdrop that twirls, rotates behind me, the graphic. We didn't have the DA show one. We had only the Sunday morning football one ready to go. We didn't have the backdrop of the DA show behind Pete the Body Bellotti. Mraz has... A DA show signage that we use that he took home that he's probably using as a burrito tray right now. So there's been (laughs) some issues in getting back. But, you know, once we got past that, Bogues, I mean, I, you know, I'm in here. 
me and Pete are, are ragging on everything together, and Sam's got a smiling face. I'm seeing every, the whole crew. Geo is here. Boom. Boomer yesterday trucked me from behind. That was kind of like a welcome back rookie. He was trying to push me over in the hallway. So, you know, the lack of respect from Boomer makes me feel right at home again. Yeah, I, and I do miss that. It was fun seeing everybody at Sean's house uh, for the for the or from from his dad's house at Bob's Bar for the show. Um, I don't want to I don't want to be too mean though. Like the the glory of all of that wears off at about ten oh five for me when I'm still there for four more hours and you guys are home and I get angry that you're home and no right. longer with me. Right. So like it's a we're like a fifty fifty thing right here. Like I want to see you. I kind of want to see Pete. But then you guys leave, and I'm left there all by myself. I could go talk to Kaplan, but he sounds scary at this point with the long hair and the biker outfit. So, you know, 6 to 10 sounds great. 10 to 2 uh, scares me still. Hmm. Well, I guess that's true because you have to to work a longer shift than us. And so once we bail on you, you're stuck with the Neanderthals and then the yeah. The barbarians. You have no idea what happens in that place. You that's where the garbage starts, DA. You leave and things are pristine or unfortunately they haven't been cleaned up yet, but then the cycle starts anew somewhere around eleven Eastern. That's when the heathens show up. That's when the Cretans show up. And that's when the garbage begins piling up. All the, everyone is there showing their face, making noise, making a mess. I can't wait to leave at that point. I've got, you know, three hours still to go. It is true. The morning show is hardest to wake up for, but to be done earliest before most of the workday starts is a pretty good, it's a pretty good situation. You just, you want to escape as quickly as possible from from the evil clutches of, Corporates, suits, sales guys, executives, the rest of the whole network. I mean, you just, you want to get out of town. Hey, you know, salespeople walking around talking loudly about their latest deals. If I'm going to care who they just sold this to, it doesn't matter to me. And then everybody else is walking around. The bosses are there, so you got to be careful. Can I wear pants? Can I wear shorts? Mm. What's the new guy going to think about me? I got to shake hands, make eye contact. A lot of bad things happen after 10 a.m. that you never know (laughs) because you're back in the road heading home to to the farm to do God knows what out in the wilderness in the afternoon. I like the idea that basically nothing good happens after midnight or after 10 a.m. at CBS Sports Radio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So speak- and the, I mean, the window for good time is small. It's really only about 5 a.m. I could push it to 11. <laughs> After that, it gets, and before that, it's really dicey. <laughs> That's where this trash thing is happening, and I mentioned this. My first day back was yesterday morning because I took off Monday after 4th of July. So I came back Tuesday morning, and it looked like it was, you know, there was some stuff that you could tell had not been moved around in a year plus and some old stuff kind of stuffed in this corner, that corner, but by and large, it was fine. And I showed up today, and the trash cans are overflowing. I mean, it it looked like Disney World after, well, Disney World's clean. It looked like some amusement park that had just had, you know, three days' worth of garbage piled up. It was a disaster, like walking out of a baseball stadium. And I don't know how it all happened, and it, it just struck me that, this always happens to us where garbage is overflowing. Do you think it's a personnel problem where we create an unnecessary amount of garbage as a staff? Or do you think it's a, a custodian problem that we don't have regular cleaning done enough? I think it's a combination of those things. I think specifically this week, the Monday holiday throws things off with because no one is there to pick up the garbage. But 
We also now have extra people back in the building. We're almost back at full capacity, basically, because normally the writer, you know, 10 a.m. to noon with Bill Ryder and then Rome from 12 to 3 in California. Those are the only shows that are never in our studio. And now basically everyone's back because Amy basically never left. You're back. Tiki and Tierney are back, I believe. Gelb has never left. JR is there. And then we're back into Amy again. So I wonder if maybe the building has not kicked itself back into full gear where maybe they you know spaced out the garbage pickups more to cut back on work and employees and exposure whatever you know because we were there was only four people there not making that much of a mess now it's a full schedule now garbage cans are full and no one's there still plus you didn't mention this those garbage cans are like 18 inches tall there's now one full-size garbage can in that whole place so they get full and overflowing very quickly too well there is a number of those that are overflowing, but there is a full-size garbage can that's also overflowing. That's the one I think oh, that that's has the, not good. that has the barbecue chicken box in it. So that was Ugh. the big mystery today, is that right now there's a rotting barbecue chicken box that's been in there, I guess, for a couple of days. And Sam Rubinoff, who's filling in for Mraz this week, says that he saw it when he showed up on Monday morning to produce Jody Mack. So that he believes it was not there... Well, it was there before he got there, but that it wasn't Jody Mack because Jody was on remote. He was doing it from his home office. So it's lent some credence to the theory that perhaps it was Shep who was producing the shift prior to Sam coming in. Now, I know that we don't really know the Shep whereabouts, what he eats, what his, you know, his daily schedule is, but how likely do you think it is that Shep is the culprit here? Uh, I, I mean, he has to be in consideration. Plus, I mean, it was on the top of the garbage can, right? So it had to be somebody who was there recently. It wasn't buried that it could have happened earlier in the weekend. So somebody close to Sam has to have been the culprit here. And I, I assume Shep does eat at times. But the but the end of the show on Wednesday, whoever pointed out that Shep is a vegan or might be a vegan, I think that's a big hurdle we had to clear here because if he's a vegan, then he's got to be... He's got to be declared innocent here, right? I guess so, but I don't know if he's a vegan. I think he's just, as you mentioned, he's just just a forager. Whatever's in front of him. (laughs) Yeah, it's convenient. Whatever he can get his his mitts on, because it's it's few and far between. You know, it's a scrap, it's a pizza crust here on the subway platform. It's a, a small box of barbecue chicken from a bodega here. You know, it's it's some kale there. He just. He's never going to be a fully fed individual. Is it possible that somebody else actually bought the chicken, ate most of it, and Shep had the rest, (laughs) and then is the one responsible for putting it in the garbage can? That's so gross. I don't know. I know. And me. I'm sorry, Shep. It's really so gross. I mentioned this to you during the show, but I didn't get to get your feedback on this. You know how uh, Cap is kind of a mystical figure amongst all of us? We, ha- mm-hmm. we hadn't seen him in more than a year because he doesn't appear on camera in any of our Zoom calls or on the simulcast, what have you. So we, we had only some brief intel, some s- small intel that he had been growing his hair out for the last 16 months. Well, he shows up yesterday, our first day back at the studio, and sure enough, Shep has, or I'm sorry, Cap has shoulder-length hair, and it is glorious. Like, he's got really impressive locks of hair and it's kind of like wavy and it's sandy brown colored like he just he looks very much like a messiah figure 
So, mm-hmm. you know, this is just, he's already that type of mystical figure being the Wizard of Watch DA, the unspoken, the unseen, and all the great stuff that he does. But then today I'm walking up the block from where I parked the car and I see a guy on a bicycle coming my way. And he kind of pulls up in front of me and kind of like pauses, almost like he's waiting for me to pass him on the sidewalk. And so I look at him, and he's got a bike helmet on, and he looks at me, and I'm, I'm like, what? why is this guy still waiting for me? And then I kind of, like, walked by him and then did a double take, and I'm like, oh, Cap, what's up? He's like, ADA. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Only 25-minute bike ride. I'm like, wow, okay. And so here is Cap, who's grown out his hair, and he's biking to work every single day. Is that not just perfect? It's perfect, but it's also to me, and this might just be my pet peeve, it's one of the most unacceptable things you can do to get yourself to work. And really? he's not alone in doing this. Evan Roberts of WFAN fame rides, a, lives, I think, in Connecticut, drives his car to like the upper portions of Manhattan, parks there somewhere, and then rides his bike down to our studio and then rides the bike back up the west side of Manhattan, gets in his car and finishes the drive home. Um, there are other people, Mike Samter, Bruce Satiki and Tierney used to rent those, like the, the bikes you can rent off the sidewalk and draw and ride that to work. Cause it was quicker than the train and the bus, which makes sense. But I don't understand is you get to work and now you're filthy. I mean, it is today in New York, it is 75 degrees and a thousand percent humidity. So Cap is showing up to work with all that hair matted down, sweaty, awful in the humidity i just i don't understand it at all i would never do it unless you're going to be evan and take a shower in the bathroom sink when you get to work but even that's just preposterous so um I'm, I'm happy if this is about cap getting healthy but maybe ride the bike home from work only somehow then and take a shower when you're back there there's no way to do that though how are you going to get the bike to work if you're not yeah, riding i don't know uh, fold it up in a bag. I don't know. This makes this is why it's ridiculous. You can't do it. You cannot ride your bike to work. You get filthy and you show up to work and you sit in a room <laughs> for six, seven, eight hours, stinking from your bike ride, next to people who came to work clothed and clean the way you're supposed to. He did change his shirt. I noticed because I noticed what he was wearing when he pulled up. He, when he, I saw him on the sidewalk. He was wearing the Tacos Winthrop Super Dave T-shirt, which is of course <laughs> awesome. And so yeah. he's wearing that, and then he came into in, into the office, and he was he had like a button down on, so he does change his shirt in between. Yeah, still, I mean, it's the least you can do, but it should not be something you have to do at all. You should just get to work, and it's tough in the summer now between the trains and buses and subway platforms, and even the short walk from the subway to the building that I would normally take. That can be a vicious walk, sweat wise, in the summer in Manhattan. So even that's dicey. Up in the ante to riding a bike from any distance, I just I don't I don't get it. So again, I'm happy that Cap is on a health kick, um, but I, he's got to find a better way to get some cardio. <laughs> well, I think maybe he just wants to avoid all the slobs on the subway. I mean, you know, we got to come. But in now real- he's the slob. But now he's the new slob. He's you- the guy in the building who stinks from riding his bike through Manhattan and. In, in peak humidity. You've seen the people on the subway late night, early mornings. Those are not people you want to be around, especially with COVID strains and variants all over the place. So, And again, you're asking me if I miss being back at work. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I guess I've answered my own question there. <laughs> <laughs> so 
what do you think the odds are that Mraz is quietly pumping his fists that Rubinoff has been unable to get Chuck Person booked on the first two days of the week? Chuck Person, 14-year NBA veteran, really good connection here that's been booked by both Aiden and Sam Rubinoff. The young guys, the uh, Diaper D aliens, is that Chuck was on the Spurs team in 99, that Monty Williams was a player, and, and Budenholzer was an assistant. So he has great perspective on both sides of this NBA Finals. And I was like, that's a great idea for a guest. Person was supposed to come on on Monday. He then, in the middle of the show, after we were supposed to have him rescheduled to the next day, uh, Tuesday into Wednesday. Wednesday, he calls in the wrong number, and then... Five minutes after that, says, I've already started training. I can't come on now. So we're like, well, how short did you think the interview was going to be? And so now we're debating whether to have him on a third time or try to book him a third time for Thursday's show. There's got to be a small part of Mraz that's kind of happy that it didn't go swimmingly, right? Is there a small part of Mraz? Um <laughs> He, he is 100% celebrating this. And I'm surprised I didn't get any kind of note or we didn't get a G-chat message after my Canadian bacon on Tuesday um, that I did in his place. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't get any kind of breakdown. And this wasn't funny. I could have done better because we know he was listening and checking in on that. Or at the very least, if he didn't hear it live, he went back and found it to see who did it, to see if it was better than what he could do. Right. Um, but, no, he loves this. And like I said on the air, he wants you and Sam to rebook Chuck Person for Thursday morning and then have Chuck bail on that one as well. So he's got three days of Chuck Person misses to hang over <laughs> Sammy and yourself. The issue is going to be I don't know if there's a win yet for Mraz this week because, as you noted, today's epic fail was really good. You really liked the yes. way that Sam put that together, didn't you? Yeah, and, and to your credit as well, I mean, people said when Sean was here last week, how are you going to survive without Sean? And so far, so good, Dia. You've done two quality shows without apparently the crutch that is Sean Moran. So I'm really proud of you for stepping up here. It's almost like the Bucks closing out the Hawks without Giannis. Your Giannis is not here, and you've had a Chris Middleton plus Drew Holiday performance back-to-back days to get the show to Thursday. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's almost like I had... 15 years experience hosting sports radio shows before I ever met Mraz. I mean, <laughs> I, I thought the story was Sean was here and you were his Launched producer and, yeah. Sh- and Sean had the show and said, Hey, do you want to come on it? And then oddly it, it took your name, but I thought Sean made you who you are. Something akin to that exists at Bob's bar. Some type of origin story exists at Bob's oh, bar. When you talk about the history of the DA show. So I don't know if you're going to bring this up, but I I was at Bob's Bar Friday night for a little 4th of July party, and an interesting development happened near the end of the night. Now, when we were there for the show that day, I spent a lot of time at the end of the night talking to Nancy and Bob. You were there at the table. We were eating dinner, but Nancy and Bob and I were talking, and I didn't know how things were going to go because I knew Nancy was angry for real or over the show at me. So, like, there was a lot of things I was nervous about that day. Ended up being the best friend's. We make below-deck jokes, got an invite, please come back, bring your wife, bring your kids. And then I got the official invite for this Friday night, and Sean said, specifically my dad asked that you come Friday night. And I said, great, we'll be there. So they were there having a great time. Everyone's happy to see us, talking to his sisters, Bayou Bears there, Upside Down Mike. The whole cast of characters is there, having a great time. And at the end of the night, as it's clearly time to start wrapping up, 
I, I shake Bob's hand. Thanks for having me. And he goes, see, Bob's bar is not a joke. He had me oh. there to show me Bob's bar in its full glory as if I doubted it. And I never doubted Bob's bar. In fact, I thought Bob's bar was too serious that my jokes were they were going to get shut down by the local authorities and he was going to mess up his workers' comp because when he's home post-knee surgery, supposed to be doing nothing, he's bar backing at his unofficial Uh bar in Long Island. I thought it was too real. He thought I didn't think it was real. And he had me there to prove a point. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Well, it goes to show you there's an entire ecosystem, animal kingdom, biosphere that Bob's Bar and West Babylon exist in, and it's not quite the real world. That's very obvious. And you don't know what happens within those borders. You don't know what they talk about, what stories they tell, what reality they live in. And now we know there was a full court press to get you there, like inviting a member of the media, like inviting a New York Times food critic to your restaurant, hoping to get the write-up to make sure, hey, no, we got good food here. So what what did you gather from, you know, what your conversations about what they think about us, the show, the bet, the dodgeballs? So the the thing that kept coming up was um, the the morning that, Everybody got worked up over Sean's or or his sister's dog making noise in the background. And the subsequent wheels that began turning to make sure that never happened again, where now Sean's sister gets up earlier to move the dogs down the block <laughs> to, to grandma and grandpa so the dogs stay there so they don't make noise because Sean didn't want them to make noise because he didn't want to make you angry again. But it has changed, the, like it has changed their daily routine because the dogs barked one morning at the worst possible time. Oh, yeah. So and, and, and that's still, that happened relatively recently. So that came up more than once. But really, like, we were just having a good time. And I actually was – my time was monopolized by Upside Down Mike. I, if I was there for four hours, he talked to me and my wife for three and a half. At one point, <laughs> Nancy came over and said, if you need help, just tug on your ear, and I'll interrupt. Um, then we met another guy who I don't know if he was just odd or had too many drinks, and he was chatting to us, me and my wife, and upside down Mike, and every third word what he was saying was was understandable. Everything else, we had no idea, just laughing nicely, <laughs> nodding, shaking our head. So I didn't have too much time to break down the show, but when it did come up, there was there still seems to be some hard feelings over, over Doggate a couple of weeks ago. Well, and my whole take was just that Mraz, Mraz lives in a bit of a candy land. And when he's home and not here structured, it's even worse. And so we've dealt with, and I love Taylor. She is adorable. But we've dealt with Taylor crashing the set. We have dealt with dogs barking on set in the middle of my takes. We have dealt with Mraz being distracted by multiple things that have happened in his life during the show. We have dealt with a million things. Mraz going from this house to that house. Does this mic work? Does this camera work? It's just, it's always something that finally, you know, there's a break point. Like, hey, just clean it up. Like, we don't worry about anybody else's stuff, but we worry about your stuff constantly. That just clean it up. And, yeah, and and the dogs are great, but, of course, he's living in a place where there's dueling, barking dogs every morning. I mean, of course. And, like, no offense, but do you think that ESPN Radio 
and drive time shows have it have dogs barking in the background? Like the answer is no. The answer is absolutely no. But like our expectation of professionalism, specifically from Mraz, is so low. Our expectations are so low. And it's just like, oh man. Yeah, it's just that's the funny stuff that happens. Yeah, sometimes that is funny. But there has to be a level of professionalism, and we fall so short of that so often. And this was just another example. I mean, like, so let's just do a radio show to Kennel then. Why don't we how about that? <laughs> <laughs> like we don't do yeah, we don't I mean, do overnights in Des Moines. It's a it's a no. morning drive radio show. We got dogs barking in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I mean, Sean's house had different issues than mine. But I, I'm still sitting underneath a hole in my den ceiling because I have to fix the bathroom above the hole, and I can't because I'm still here. So, I, I mean, like, I could have been living the same situation like in my mother-in-law's house or God knows where doing this show out of a closet or so my basement, some kind of makeshift setup. Uh, but instead, I just had to live with a hole in my, in, in my ceiling for the foreseeable future just to keep the noise down for us. Yeah, and this is something I would bring up to Mraz uh, in person, which I have before. It's like, you know, if you feel like things are distracting at home, like with a toddler and with dueling dogs, and you're not living in your own home, and you're living at your sister's house, and there's late-night Islanders watch parties so that you don't get a good night's rest because you're up listening to them smash 25 beers, you know, you can come into the office. You know, we didn't have, like, the full green light, but he could have gotten a waiver to come into the office to work from the office, but... No, he would rather work from, you know, zany land. And so there, there's got to be some expectation. Like, if you're going to work from zany land, make sure at least everything can be buttoned up as humanly possible, which was the, my frustration. Yeah. It, was, it, it is an amazing place, though, it, and it remains too good to be true. And um, I'm, I'm thankful now that I've had more experiences there. I was behind the list of you and everybody else having spending time at Bob's Bar now I'm a regular. Now they know me when I walk in, and it's a remarkable place. It makes no sense, uh, but I'm happy that it exists, and I'm allowed to be inside of it. It is a it's a gloriously ridiculous place, which is the type of place I love. It's it's just it's glorious for its individuals and its characters and its service and its warmth and its family and its variety of drinks and its party zone and its flat screens and like it's just. Incredible. I wish everybody could share it because it is just incredible. And so I'm glad, yeah, you got uh, got some of that. Well, I'll talk to you on the show tomorrow morning, and uh, we'll see if Chuck Person picks up the phone. Yeah, and happy car hunting. If you resume that today, best of luck with your new Danny. Woof. Thank you. Okay, talk to you later, A.B. Welcome to Side B of the PGP, and we welcome on Aiden, who is our Marquette Marvel. He is associate producer for our Wisconsin uh, set of coverage here because Aiden is at Marquette and he is in Milwaukee during the NBA Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals. So he's done some man-on-the-street Deer District interviews that have been very funny. Aiden, what's going on? DA, how are you this morning or afternoon or wherever you, whenever you're listening to this? Yeah, I'm doing well. And uh, this week has been great to be back in the studio, see all the guys, see Sam Rubinoff and see... Pete the Body Bilotti and Cap, and it's been great just to be back at the studio. So this has been a lot of fun. And I'm wondering, have you appeared on the PGP before? This is my first time. This oh, is wow. the first in, a, in an on-air presence talking to you before. So I'm truly, truly blessed. Yeah, it's a real blessing to be part of this 
this podcast, which we just spent 20 minutes uh, trashing um, dogs barking in the background at Mariz's house of, the, of his show. <laughs> so you have gone out and you have done these Man of the Street interviews with the, the fans in the Deer District. And the first kind of talking point that came out of it was Mraz and I discussing and debating whether it was a good place to meet singles and meet people after a pandemic. And I defended it. Both he and Bogus said it was stupid, it was dumb, it was lame, it was it was no no real fan would go there. And I'm like, let people have fun. And if especially single people, let them go out and meet others during, you know, these fun times in the city. They have been so off on their breakdown of this because you have actually asked people in the Deer District on uh, on the microphone about meeting other people, and it sounded like that it's a great place to meet other singles. Is this a great place for single people? Yes, sir. I'm single myself, and, I mean, I see lots of pretty folks here, so I think it's a great place for single people. Maybe I'll find my soulmate here tonight. We'll see. You've gotten several numbers. I do have some random people in my phone right now that I met down here. We will never speak again. Man's not single. Could be tonight. I'd be single for a Bucks win. I'll tell you that. Need this one, boys. Hell yeah. We're all single tonight, baby. Let's go. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Females all around. I can't speak for the guys, but I know they're females all around. Yes. It's a great place for anybody to be. Yes. Yes. For radio, he's showing off his wedding ring. Is this a great place for single people? Yeah, I mean, yes, because you can say, oh, hey, dear. Oh, oh dear is an all-time. Oh, dear. Oh, dear is better. What, what's been your takeaway? So in the scope of the entire project, and I know Mraz mentioned this in the clip, and I just listened back to it again, because that's been the biggest storyline of it, and that was game two. You know, is this a great place for single people? And he said, oh, you know, where's the whole scope of the audio? Did you, did you ask DA to edit anything out? And I would say totally from what I've got, I've, I interviewed probably – around 30 to 40 people that day. And I'd say what I cut down to that two minute clip in those 30 to 40 people, it was about 80, 20. Yes. It is a good place for single people. Look at that. Obviously it was the epic fail that day. So just in the grand scope of things, in the grand scheme of things, it was definitely, I'd say an 80, 20 split. Heck yes. It is a good place for single people. I don't know why. I don't know for the life of me, why they would have assumed it wasn't. You have beer being served. You have an exciting team winning games. It's the summer, so people are finally out. And singles have been trapped in their homes from dating because of fears of COVID and passing it on and et cetera for a year plus. Of course this is going to be a mingle single event. It didn't, isn't that just like the baseline knowledge of something like this? Absolutely. And I and the only thing I would agree with Mraz on, obviously not the point about the single people, was, you know, the diehard fans aspect of it. Sure, if you're a diehard Bucks fan, and I've met many of them out here in Milwaukee, sure, maybe you don't go to the Deer District and, and like Mraz and Bogus said, you want to be at home. But as far as single people goes, it is it is the the place to mingle and, and you know, there's there's beer carts around you can grab a brat and walk around um, having that meeting place to go with your friends. If you don't have a ticket to the game, because it is free and there's nearly no security checkpoint to get to these things. I've been for these home games to cover it for, for you guys as 
bogus mockingly, uh, you know, mocked my press pass the other day, but they're, (laughs) they're around and, you know, whether it's a group setting or you're just going there by yourself to, as we mentioned, meet single people, of course, you're going to meet other Bucks fans, whether they're, whether they're diehard or not. I think it's, I think it seems like a great, great place to, to meet people. It seems like everybody's having a really good time. Would you say that it's mostly casual fans that don't really care about the game, or are there hardcores that are out there? I would say I, I would bet on the majority of not not being hardcore fans, but at the same time, I can walk around and say, you know, just eavesdropping on conversations from, you know, over 20,000 people. I know that the crew last night during game one of the NBA Finals said they expected over 20,000 in the crowd, and it wasn't even a home game, that – you know there there are there there handful of diehards out there who really know their basketball and one clip that didn't make it to the game one package i asked the question you know should chris middleton unpipe it in game 1 uh-huh and should chris middleton unpipe it in game 1 <laughs> should he what should he unpipe it what's that you know like when you unpipe it you, you need cold water after there's there's disciplines involved <laughs> I don't know what that is, boss. Should Chris Middleton unpipe it in game one? Yes. Oh, you were telling me what that means. You know when you need, like, cold water, you want to unpipe it first game of the series? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Unpipe it, whatever. Unpipe, whatever. Bucks info. Last one. Should Chris Middleton unpipe it in game one? Should he what? Unpipe it. Unpipe it? What does that mean? You know, like, when unpipe it, you need cold water. You need cold, like, he's good, though, right? What do you mean? Wait, hold on. What do you mean unpipe it? Unpipe it in game one. Uh, I don't think it matters. The guy over to the side goes, yeah, these two guys that you're talking to probably know, know more basketball than anyone else in the country. And you're asking him this question? Like he was a little, a little <laughs> upset, a little triggered. And I just said, you know, th- this, is, this is what I'm here for. I don't know what to tell you, but you can, ha- you can have your X's and O's takes. Um, you know, during, during the normal DA show. So, uh, to, you know, to sum it up, I think there's probably that, you know, five to 10% of diehards that are out there and, and want to be, maybe get their chance on TV, maybe be around the city and around the arena. But I think you're right. For the most part, it's, it's the casual fans who um, are looking to be single and, and ready to mingle. So that's interesting. So I thought that if you ask people, should Chris Middleton unpipe it, it's broad and obscure enough of a reference, but sounds like a sports reference to where people would just go with it. But this guy was like, he knew it was a, it was a joke question. This guy did know. And I think the unpipe it question game one, it was one of the first ones that came to our mind when we were brainstorming questions together, DA. And I knew that it was, it was that kind of tongue in cheek sports humor um, that obviously ties in with the DA show. And I think that was about, I'd say, maybe a 50-50 split of, of people who immediately, once I said the phrase unpipe it, knew that it was a tongue-in-cheek joke <laughs> phrase that you know no one knows the answer to. But then the other 50% also said, <laughs> or maybe I'll break that 50 into one class that said, oh, yeah, of course you should unpipe it. And then the others are just, what is that? Should he unpipe? Wait, is that good? Is that bad? I thought Chris Milton was good. Uh, so there's kind of a mixed <laughs> bag at that answer. 
I love that one because I love the people that went along with it. Like, oh, yeah, you got to unpipe it. Yeah, he's got to unpipe it this game because it does sound like kind of like let him loose. You know, he's got to just he's just got to he's just got to go for broke there. So I love that one. I also love just generally speaking how zany and energetic everybody sounds. I guess that's not surprising, but it does feel like just generally speaking, it's a really happy celebratory mood instead of maybe the we're doomed, we're the Bucks, we're Milwaukee, we never win anything. It's not like this is City of Champions, and yet it sounds like most people are very optimistic about the Bucks' chances. Absolutely, and I think one thing, they're also confident, but they're also super cordial and nice, and I remember coming out to Milwaukee as as a you know original East Coaster, and I remember my dad saying, oh, you know, you'll love the people in the Midwest. They're all nice. That's the stereotypical thing. And I think it has held true in the Deer District. And one other thing, they're, they've been confident. They have been cordial. But they've also been a little inebriated as the Game right. 5 package came up. Right. Um, I don't know if you listened to the Game 5 package when Mraz and Bogish aired it on Friday. How would you describe Trey Young's hairstyle? 80s. It's being pretty kind. I know. It looks like a mop I used to uh, do a swift from my floors. It looks like a licked on Q-tip. Like, you know, you use a Q-tip and like someone licked on it, that's what it looks like. It looks like a, like a, a cat hairball. For that young, it's a little concerning to have that hair thinning like that, but I think it really represents his craziness and childlike demeanor. Wow. How would you describe Trey Young's hairstyle? It's just the worst thing I've ever seen. Would you give Giannis your own ACL if he needed it? I'll give him both of them. You know what? My knees are pretty bad, so and I got the knee braces on, so hey, whatever it takes to get him going. Would you give Giannis your own ACL if he needed it? Without a doubt, I don't think I have my right one. Absolutely. Giannis is a god, a Greek god. Probably, yeah. You don't sound too confident. I mean, would I be able to walk still? If yes, then yes. Quick trivia. Do you know why the Bucks' alternate uniforms are blue? Oh, because of all the river, all the waters that converge here in Milwaukee. It's like represents all the different waterways. My friend just told me about that. It's the Brewers! The Brewers! Go, go f***ing Brewers, baby! And last one. Do you know why the Bucks' alternate uniforms are blue? No, but I really like them. I'm actually trying to find one of them, actually. So, if you know where I can find one, let me know. What radio station are you? CBS Sports Radio. Jim Rome. Jim Rome. Show. Find out on Jim Rome Show. CBS. It's the DA Show. You're, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be on a Jim Rome Show tomorrow. And there's no doubt about it. And right afterwards, they said, you know, this is the best one yet but also common theme, uh, inebriation, because um, one, one gentleman in particular, um, the big stemming point was the licked on Q-tip, how Trey Young's hair looks like if you lick the Q-tip, <laughs> and Bogish and Mraz were split on that. Um, but as far as you know, the drinking game goes, one particular fella made, all his three answers made the Game 5 package where he says, uh, would you give Giannis your own ACL if he needed it? Uh, yes, I don't think I have my right one. <laughs> and then also at the end, 
uh, I cut out the part where he says, oh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, I'm with CBS Sports Radio, the DA show. And he goes, oh, my gosh, CBS Sports Radio, bleep this, bleep that. I'm going to be on the Jim Rome show. And he just <laughs> keeps talking about the Jim Rome show. And in the moment, that was one of those. There's There's been a few of those in the moment where I'm talking to the people knowing this can't be cut out. This has to make it. And that was definitely one of them. Yeah. Anybody that mistakes talking to us for a bigger, more popular show or just a different show in general is absolutely, it has to make it. It is mandated to make the on-air montage. It's probably been pretty hard to cut it down to to just two and a half minutes or so, which has kind of been our our goal because sounds like you're talking to 10 or 20 people per night and trying to get that down to two, two and a half minutes can't be easy. It isn't, but at the same time, I think it helps when you have, you know, that's why I'm trying to live in the moment during these things and realize, oh, that's, you know, you got to earmark that one because that's definitely going to make it. And, you know, the, the, the Jim Rome guy definitely was one where I said, he, he can't be stopped. He's making it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so it makes it, the, the editing process is easier when you can have those just completely zany answers. Like you mentioned, the word zany is a great word for it because these theoristic fans, some of them, some of them are in on it. Some of them are in on the bit and know it's, it's a fun man on the street bit to, to put together. Finally, you've also been helping us with some rejoins, which is the audio that you hear coming out of commercial break and back to when we're on the air. Pete plays the music and then plays something that kind of says, like, the DA show, and then there's an audio clip from the show, and then it says, you know, weekday mornings or something like that, CBS Sports Radio, and then I come out of that and set up the the topic. So you've been working on those, and you and I worked closely together early, and I told you what I wanted, how I wanted it, and now... You kind of have your own freedom to do what you want. What are you looking for? Because last week all I said was, pull me five rejoins from this past week of shows. What have you kind of used to target as your earmarks of what to what to grab? That's a great question. I think the, the banter with Mraz, I think, is always a great source of inspiration. And one, one that did make it was one that aired on this past show, uh, what is fit fat or what is fat fit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one part that, that Mraz mentioned that didn't make the initial rejoin was, yeah, Aaron Donald, you consider him fit fat. And, you know, he's one of the greatest defensive players in <laughs> NFL history. Mm-hmm. So those types of banter things with Mraz, but also maybe a potential slip up. Um, we've talked about the the Nancy Bob's bar appearance on Fartgate. That was one of the initial ones that we worked on. Um, you know, the, the Marash law um, with uh, coach Langella from, from Bob's <laughs> bar. Uh, those, those are obviously all timers, but also the things that, that listeners may miss as you're either sitting at your desk or driving to work. Um, one that I thought about, but, but wasn't necessarily rejoin material was, Actually, you the other day going over um, the old Celtics teams with uh, as as Imi Udoka gets hired. Um, you talked about the Jay Williams slip up, and you said, "Oh, you remember? You remember? You know, 
Uh, Casey Jones is one of those guys who isn't remembered for having won multiple championships. You remember, you know, Phil Jackson, and then you said you remember John Daly, head coach of the Pistons. <laughs> and I, I, dro- I dropped my phone and I said, John Daly, <laughs> as in Chuck Daly. And I almost sent that to you, and I probably didn't have the you-know-what's to. That's okay. I think if, if you know me well enough, you know that I like when, when I get called out as well. I, I like to be self-deprecating. So those Pistons teams would have been better with John Daly at the helm, but Chuck Daly is pretty good <laughs> as well to get them to a back-to-back championships and three-straight NBA finals. That That's good. <laughs> John Daly is the head coach. Also, I guess I said the other day that Larry Bird and Magic Johnson played baseball. I don't even remember doing that, but uh, <laughs> I got called out by a couple of guys, uh, listeners on that one. So there's plenty of fodder for the rejoins. So Aiden will continue to work on those throughout the summer. And then more Deer District coming up game four, or game three and game four. So next week on the air, we'll have at least two more Deer District uh, uh, segments. Have you thought about what um, what questions you want to want to bring? You know, there was one watching the game last night and just reading over the storylines of the series. Maybe maybe bringing back the the trivia format um, in pulling something from 1974, which is obviously the time that the Bucks last made the NBA Finals. You know, what was the hit song that year? Uh, can you name the president from 1974, okay. that type of thing? I think going back to the trivia well, it seemed to work when I asked in the Game 5 montage, do you know why the Bucks' alternate uniforms are blue, stemming <laughs> from a show conversation. <laughs> so potentially going back to the well there with a you know, trivia-type question is, is one point of inspiration that, that I've thought about. Okay, I like that a lot. So that will be uh, our next Man of the Street Deer District interviews coming your way before and after Game 3 and Game 4. Aiden, appreciate your hard work, buddy. Keep it up, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you so much, T.A. You got it. This has been the Permission Granted Podcast. Side A and Side B, remember to download it by subscribing to its own podcast platform, its own podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Just search Permission Granted, subscribe, rate, and review. We will see you next week as the Permission Granted Podcast disconnects. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.